Hello, and welcome to Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray. As the founder of the Bra Network, the Business Relationship Alliance, I have met some of the most inspiring women working as entrepreneurs, freelancers, founders, executives, and creatives, and I want to share their stories with you. So let's get carried away. We use phrases like, I should, I need to, I'll try, I'm busy, probably on the daily. Little do we know that these little subconscious thoughts is actually disempowering. It's these assumptions, these limiting of beliefs. Luckily, Gail Burrell, business strategist, startup mentor, mindset, and leadership coach is here today to talk about the five ways we need to get out of our own way by shifting a few things in our mindset. Let's get carried away. And as everyone knows, uh, we are recording this via, hi Gail. Hi. Um, <laughs> via Instagram. So, and as well as my podcast. So you might hear us engage with some of the audience. Hey, Joanna, like there's Joanna. Happy to see her. And Lori, I owe you a phone call, Lori. I know we've been playing phone tag. And the why story, um, that's a great, great handle. <laughs> I love that. Gail, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. We're going to get carried away. Hooray. Thanks for inviting me, Carrie. I'm so excited to be doing this. Oh, I love it. I love it. So just so everyone knows, Gail Burrell is a business strategist, a startup mentor, as well as a mindset and leadership coach. And she's going to be joining us today talking about four phrases, entrepreneurs, business owners need to remove from their vocabulary today ASAP by the end of this call, they need to stop saying it. And she's going to give us suggestions on what we should replace it with. But first, before we get into that, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us, you know, how you work with entrepreneurs. Give us a little bit about you. Well, that's a, that's a broad question and tough for me to figure out where to start. Um, how about if I start um, at the beginning of my coaching journey? Prior is perfect. Prior to that, I was in the retail, wholesale, fashion, design business. I'm a creative, and I've always been involved in creative lifestyle-type businesses. I've traveled all over the world. I've worked with um, fashion brands. I was an interior designer. I had a catering business and a retail store. I've done a lot in my time. I've done a lot. I've I've reinvented myself so many times. I probably would need two hands to count how many times I've reinvented myself. So my coaching journey actually started after I closed my retail store in 2010. After the 2008 crash, business was really tough. It was really difficult to sustain the business. It was a retail store plus a wholesale specialty tea business. That, and I sold my tea to... Uh, luxury hotels and spas, but in 2010, it was a really tough time. So um, I closed that store and my dad was uh, not well uh, that year. And I started traveling back and forth to Philadelphia where I'm from. And um, I just, I realized that I, my business was struggling, my family was struggling, and I thought it would be a good thing to just make a commitment to one. And so I closed the business. I moved to Philadelphia, not knowing how long I would be living there. And I um, started helping my mom 
with the, the aftermath of my dad's passing. He was an entrepreneur also and left a business and left employees and he left a little bit of a, a mess. So mm-hmm. I moved to Philadelphia to help my mom. And um, after arriving there, I just, I didn't know what to do because I, I knew I wouldn't be there forever. So establishing a new business wouldn't make sense. And that's how I came on coaching. I had been coached during the close of my own business. I sought out a coach and I joined a group coaching program. And the women in that program were all growing their businesses and struggling with the decisions and not having anybody to talk to about those decisions. And we supported and helped each other. And that was my original intention when I joined the group coaching program. But by the end of it, they had coached me into closing my business because I had lost, it's not that I lost the passion for the tea business, but when I closed the retail store and I was just selling tea online, it wasn't why I had started the business. Things had changed so much. And I, I did the pivot, you know, I did it. I pivoted to online and we're talking 2010, which was early days of online selling, but it just, it felt so, um, uh, it lacked meaning because I was just basically getting online orders to, na- to faceless names, sending packages to people, you know, and, and not having the personal connection. So um, the group coaching really supported me and helped me in making that choice and decision. So getting back to um, how I got into coaching, um, I just thought, well, this would be a great opportunity for me to take all the things I've learned through all the businesses that I've been involved in, all the businesses myself that I have started and grown. And I even had a bankruptcy in one of the businesses that I was a partner in um, and to help other people get work through these questions, these challenges to have somebody that is there for them objectively. Because that was another thing I noticed that when I was going through all of this, my friends, my family, everybody wanted me to succeed. They wanted me to be happy but it was hard to find somebody that I truly felt was being objective. So I wanted, yes, isn't it? I mean, you know, I mean, it's wonderful to feel that love and connection to the people that care about you, but you also need to feel safe and talking about what you're going through and what you're experiencing. So I wanted to be, I wanted to be back. I love that. You know, we, we do tend to like surround ourselves with yes, people, right? Yes, you can do it. Yes. And we need, as, as much how difficult it is, we need a mirror. We need someone who, and typically a coach provides that. Um, whereas your mom's always going to say like, you, this is fantastic. And it's really not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It really helped me to have that objective group of women um, asking me questions to help me get to that place where I could let go of the business. Of course, I still grieved. So anybody that is experiencing that, and I know a lot of people are right now because of COVID are experiencing the grief of losing basically a business. And it's not unsimilar to what I went through in 2010. And I know how hard that is, but you do, it does help to have somebody who is objective and non-judgmental to talk through what the next step is. Yeah. So I, so I, I decided to become a coach. And I, I got my first client, you know, within uh, the first month of going through the nine month coach training. 
And I've just been do, excuse me, doing that ever since. I moved back to California five years ago with my mom. And um, I have been mostly coaching one-on-one because, like I said earlier, what I missed about the retail store was that one-on-one experience of just learning curiosity about other people and then sharing what I've learned and sharing my experience. So um, I do workshops and I do other group things, but one-on-one is really has been my passion, helping entrepreneurs go through their own unique um, moment and, and being there for them. I love that. I love that. And so what, you know, how, what is an entrepreneur experiencing to know that they need to seek help, that they need a gale? They need someone to either maybe, and because you're not only work with, you know, a lot with mindset and leadership, but you also help people start, like get going, right? So what are they usually grappling with to be like, I need support? Usually there's a vision, a dream or, or a vision for what the business could be and how they could show up in that business. But often they're isn't anybody in their environment that can see the vision in the same way. I see that so much. And, you know, people will say, you know, my husband really is supportive of me, but he just doesn't really understand what I'm like. He doesn't think that this is it or that I can do, do it this way. Or um, they just don't feel like they have anybody to brainstorm their ideas with. It's, it's, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the excitement of a new idea. I know I do all the time. I constantly have new ideas and you get it all wrapped up in it, but it does help to have somebody who can listen and ask thoughtful questions and help you get really clear on what that vision is, what the strategy is, and then help you break it down into manageable tasks, not overwhelming tasks. And then a lot of clients seek coaches for the accountability. Yeah. I had one client who was very productive and very successful, but she was making a big pivot in her life. And there was aspects of it that were scaring her, even though she was doing it. She was 100% in, but she was scared. And so she sought out a coach to help her work through the, the fear part of it and to hold her accountable each week to getting out of her comfort zone. Yeah, that's so, really, I, I love that your coaching methodology doesn't only apply theory, right? You're actually, imp- you're like there's practice involved. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of like great, you know, you hear these great speeches, you're just like, I got it, I'm gonna go do it. And then you're like, oh, I gotta fold laundry. But you actually have actionable steps of productivity, which is really, really important, I think, for any great coach. I know for me, I would need someone to be like, well, did you do that? And then if I didn't, I would need someone to ask me why and not be like, oh, it's okay. You can do it because there's clearly a reason why I'm not getting it done. Exactly. And some people don't need that. You know, some people really don't need that. And it could be something else that is standing in their way. Um, But I think the one thing I want to say to anybody that is a, a entrepreneur thinking about being an entrepreneur and Hi, Julia. Um, Hi, Julia. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to call out. I could see a few people as they pop in. Um, Anybody that is an entrepreneur that's listening is that often we think that 
the struggle or the challenge or the roadblock is that we don't know how to do something because we haven't done it before. Mm-hmm. And I know we can find things on the internet and we can learn, but that idea of I've never done it before, I'm not sure, can be a huge roadblock for people. And what I have noticed with many of my clients, they'll come to me and they say, I just need someone to help me figure out how to do this, to hold me accountable, to make sure I get it done. Maybe, um, hi, Shona, um, to help me with my um, strategy or whatever. But getting to the mindset part, what I notice is that all of that practical stuff doesn't really matter if your mindset isn't in the right place. If you're really, if you're, if you're fearful, if you're nervous, um, if you feel overwhelmed, if you're doing, if you're starting the business because you have a situation where you have to start a business, you know, maybe you lost your job, maybe you were laid off. Um, you've got to get your mind straight first because entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur is probably the most um, uh, challenging uh, outer thing in your world that, that, that will totally affect your inner world. Yeah. You're, you know, it's I, any entrepreneur that's been an entrepreneur for a while will say that this was the most sort of self-realization I've ever had, maybe with the exception of marriage and divorce or divorce, I should say. <laughs> marriage will, will help you, you know, learn a lot about yourself. Divorce will certainly help you learn a lot about yourself. But uh, being an entrepreneur is up there. Yeah, it's, it's humbling. That's yeah. for sure. It definitely, you're like, did I do that? I did. Uh, well, that's a good segue into in your experience. Um, what we talk about, you constantly hear four phrases that entrepreneurs use that you know that they need to absolutely eliminate from the vocabulary. What, let's, let's give the countdown. And I'm dying to know if I say them because I might. Yeah. So when, we, when Carrie and I were talking, we were talking about like, what's the beginning of, of the mindset shift? And I think, and I thought about it and I thought, these are like the four phrases that I hear so often um, with entrepreneurs. I was working with somebody last week and she is, uh, because of COVID, her business has slowed down, but she's still in business. And she is sort of rebranding, rethinking how she communicates with her clients. And I kept hearing, I need to, I have to, Um, you know, I need to update my website. I have to get my, my client communication organized. Mm -hmm. So the first one would be those two phrases. I need to, or I have to, because your subconscious is picking those phrases because it feels like an obligation. Yeah. Right. Doesn't it, when you say I have to, or I need to it feels like an obligation that there might be something that um, you uh, you think would be beneficial to you if yeah. you do it, but it's, you're not on board with it. And so um, when you're starting to look at your own mindset, if you catch yourself, if you notice yourself or when you're working in collaboration with someone or when your kids say, I need to, or I have to, um, you can ask yourself, if, isn't there something that I can replace that phrase with that would feel more, more energetic, more empowering? Yeah. So 
My recommendation is I will or I will not. So I always say to my clients when they say I need to, we have a conversation. I ask them a lot of questions about why they have the sense that they want to get something done. And then I say, well, do you need to or do you want to? Yeah. So so true because, you know, I need to get a mammogram. I don't want to, but I need to. (laughs) Right, right, right. So the thing is, um, if you can shift your energy by saying, I want to get the mammogram because I want to be healthy. Right. You're not going into this experience in that energy of negativity. You're going in more positive, more empowered, and you're going to have a better experience. There's not much I can guarantee, but I can guarantee that if you say, I want to get that mammogram because I know it's, it's the right thing for me to do. Right. It's going to keep me healthy and safe. You're Mm going to feel so much better. So true. So true. Everyone, October is breast cancer awareness month. So everyone make sure there's my plug. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, What do we, and number two, what what else do you hear your clients Um, say? I should. Similar, but it's slightly different and worth mentioning because there's this sense of, um, I'm not quite committed. I'm not quite, I'm not really committed to this. So there's a good chance it's not a priority where I need to is more of a priority. Mm -hmm. It's not a priority. You're not committed. And when you, when I hear myself say I should, it's almost like, because I do this thought work, I'm saying, I say, I laugh, I giggle. And I say to myself, you're not going to do it because (laughs) your subconscious just told you by using those words that you're not committed to it. So think of when you say that, just catch yourself and ask yourself, is it a should or is it a, I have to, or I I need to, Right. Um, because sometimes the shoulds could be something more, something that you really would benefit from, but you haven't committed to it yet. So what would it take? for you to turn the should to, and I want to, Mm -hmm. I don't want to like, let's be honest. Like you'll, we'll say to people, I I know I really should take care of that tomorrow. I really should take care of that tomorrow. If you could just say, you know what? I don't, I don't intend to do that. (laughs) I I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's It's so true. (laughs) More empowering than that should, which leaves everybody sort of, it's like a should is like a wet noodle kind of word, you know, it just doesn't mean anything really. It really doesn't. I should, shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? Isn't that what they always say? What do exactly. we replace I should with? Exactly. Um, you can replace that with I want to or mm-hmm. I don't want to. I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about how many times I've probably said to myself, I should get that newsletter out or I should really update, you know, that my Facebook group page, or I, I say I should a lot. And I, I can't even, I don't even think I realize I say it. That's, that's really powerful. Um, okay. What's number three? What's something number, else? Three, number three is a controversial one. Ooh. Uh, it's I'm busy. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. That's like, that's a big one. I hear that all the time. And the, the reason why it's sort of controversial is because it depends on the intention behind it. Mm-hmm. So with a lot of the mindset work I do, I try to help my clients get in touch with what the intention is, because sometimes uh, we don't choose the words that we really mean, right? 
So yeah, sometimes yeah. we don't really mean busy, busy from the perspective of I have too much to do. I have too much on my plate. Sometimes we mean it from the perspective of um, I'm, en- I'm energized today. I've got, you know, I'm bustling. I, you know, I've, I've got all, lots of irons in the fire. That would be like a term instead of, oh, oh I have so much on my plate today. So right. one is energizing and the other isn't. So, but a lot of people default to busy and our subconscious mind, which is 95% of our mind is, is in the subconscious. We only have 5% of our conscious of our brain is working consciously right now. So that I'm busy is in the back of our brain or in our subconscious brain often as a default to feeling stressed or overwhelmed or underappreciated, and we just say, I'm busy. But I try to encourage my clients to expand their vocabulary around words like that, that they default to all the time. Uh And just like, look up, um, you can Google um, on the internet, you can Google uh, a list of emotion words. And maybe figure out, hey, Kathy, um, maybe figure out other words that you can use instead of I'm busy. Like I said, I'm energized. I'm, um, I'm being enterprising today. You can say, you know, your team, I'm going to be enterprising today. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, you can feel the difference in the energy. For sure. For sure. And I think also if you're uh, saying I'm busy, you might, sometimes I describe I'm busy as I'm overwhelmed. Like I, and it's actually me asking for help, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm busy. Um, but really what I, I, hearing you talk, I'm really asking for someone to like, help me. <laughs> exactly. So I'm mentioning these words because hopefully they will stick in your subconscious and you'll catch yourself saying I'm busy. And then you'll say, you know what, actually, I just feel a little bit overwhelmed today. So can you help me out? Hey, Tony. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you Tony. Know. Um, which I have a very hard time asking for help. Um, very, very hard time. You know, we um, all do. I think many of us do. Yeah, for sure. And what should we replace? I, oh, you gave us energized words we need to replace I'm busy with. Exactly. Uh, so true. And the fourth one, what's the fourth one? The fourth one is another controversial one, but it's I'll try. Oh, yes. So, you know, the saying, I always forget it. So I wrote it down, do it or do not. There is no try from yeah. Yoda, right? Like that, that's the thing it's like, you can't even really replace that with another word. Um, because when you say I'll try, it's sort of like, I should, it's saying I'm not really committed, right? It's saying, I just, I'm not really there yet. Um, and it's also saying, I probably won't. Like if you say to somebody, Hey, I'm going to try to send you an email later today you're probably saying, I'm probably not going to send that email today. And I'm just sort of hedging my bets by saying, I'll try. (laughs) So so I think, you know, again, if you're thinking about working on your mindset, those would be four things that are simple and easy to notice how Mm -hmm. often you default. And also in under what circumstances do you default to those terms? And is there something, a better way that you can express yourself that would maybe be more clear to others, but even, even to you, to help you get to the, the, like you said, 
Sometimes you'll say, I'm busy when you're really overwhelmed. And if you catch yourself saying it, you think of this conversation, you'll say, okay, I get it. I'm really overwhelmed. So what are the things, what are the things that I have in my toolbox that can help me release that overwhelm? You know, and it might be just getting up for me. It's getting up, going outside on my deck and taking a few breaths of fresh air and just sort of calming down my heartbeat and maybe coming back, putting on some live, nice music, and then I'm good. I'm back. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I'm being coached right now. Um, This is a great, great carried away. (laughs) I'm just like, I do all of these things. (laughs) We all do. I mean, we... Carrie, we're human and our brains store all this information. And I think the biggest shift for me was, you know, I've studied a lot of self-help and metaphysical stuff my whole life. But when I went through the coach training and I was really focusing my energy on help, how to help and support people, I learned how to help and support myself. Ah, uh, yeah. Hey, Kimberly. Hi, Hi Kimberly. <laughs> That's incredible. So, and I feel like those phrases aren't necessarily synonymous with entrepreneurs. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, I can hear, you know, actors, uh, people in corporate say things like I, I should, or I'll try. Um, do you work with solely entrepreneurs or are you work people that are in transition from corporate to entrepreneurship? Yeah. I often work with people that are um, contemplating the entrepreneurial journey. And I help them get really clear on why they want to do that and what it might take for them. You know, how that, you know, it's it, you, when you shift your, your professional life so dramatically, often you have to show up differently. Um, And I think for me as an entrepreneur, that was one of the things like I was, my last job, I was the president of a $20 million business. Mm -hmm. And it felt very entrepreneurial, but it still wasn't mine. And at the end of the day, I could sleep a little bit better than the guy who owned the company because it wasn't all on me. And the day I left that and started my own business, it changed. And so I did have to show up different, even though it was close. So for somebody that's coming from corporate, where they don't have the same level of responsibility and commitment, um, it, it can be jarring. And so I often will help people not only, like I said, the, the nuts and bolts of the business, I love doing that. But it's the other stuff that people don't realize they need help with. So I will often help them figure out how they want to show up. Yeah. You know, what's really important to them? What do they value most in life? Because if their business is in conflict with what they value, then they're going to hit roadblocks. And that's probably what happened when they were in corporate. So how do we get clear on what those roadblocks could be so that they can create, strategize their business so that it really supports who they are, not just their vision? Wow, that's really, you know, and I, I, it got me thinking about when I started my first business when I started my school. Um, I also was very energized, very enthusiastic, making the shift from a traditional, you know, school now having my own thing. But one thing I I definitely didn't have was the right mindset. Um, I surrounded myself with a lot of yes people on my team. Uh, We all had the same strengths. Um, But hearing you talk about it, I, it, 
I had no strategy. I was just like, I'm just going to do it. Um, and then when I started bra, I I approached it very differently. I was like, it's going to be all strategic. I'm going to find out what each of these women need. And then I'm going to build it according to their needs. Um, when someone is pivoting and they seek your support and, and your guidance, um, is it like, is it a six month program? Is it something that do people transition quicker than others? How do you work out this, the timeline of that structure? Uh, you know, having been a coach now for eight years, I've tried everything and I've had, my clients have varied so much. I mean, I have, I actually have coached a doctor and uh, one or two nurses um, who were adding a business component to their practice. Mm-hmm. I've coached tech entrepreneurs. I've coached writers. I've coached chefs. I've coached a lot of interior designers because that's my background. Um so everybody is coming from a different place. Yeah. And sometimes my clients are already entrepreneurs and are expanding. So they're in a different headspace than those that are coming from corporate or just starting out for the first time. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is after all of those years and all of these different types of clients, what seems to consistently work as a foundation is a four-month time together every week. Wow. Yeah. Every week. And then after that, because that gives us enough time to, I, I partner with my clients, Carrie, I become as engaged and as committed to their vision as they are. It's just the way I am, because Mm -hmm. I, I think that's one of the things that I do. Well, I can see the vision. I can see what, what the possibilities are. I'm definitely a possibility person. So four months to connect with each other, to figure out as much as we possibly can. And then after that, every case is different. And I've had clients, I have, my very first client is still with me eight years later. And we meet once a month to touch base and to, you know, keep, you know, keep him on track. And then other clients after the four months, they're off and running. Mm-hmm. But often I will hear back from clients after two years or three years, and then they're ready for the next thing and they just need a touch base or maybe one or two sessions. Um, so that's what usually works. But just um, to, to help people understand if they're thinking about hiring a business coach, every coach is different and has different experiences. And I recently had a client who had been in business for two or three years on her own, had a great idea for a related business, but not the same thing. And she was ready to go because she's already been an entrepreneur for three years. She's gone through the the worst of it and struggled through the early stages of it. And so she, for her, once a week was not enough. So we started doing these three hour jam sessions Love that. Um, which I've done for clients before, but not in the same way. And we were able to, it's been just a year. Next week is a year from when we started and she's just about to launch this business. And it, she has done such a beautiful job of pulling together a team and creating this business. And I know it's going to be a success. I love it. I love it. It's like you're, you're the, the confidence, the, the mindset per piece that, I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize they need until after they've started. I know I didn't realize I needed like a mindset shift because I had 
so much imposter syndrome until I would hear you talk and I would engage with you. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm totally doing all these things. And you kind of clear these blocks out of your way that you don't even know you're putting in front of yourself. And do you think that's more common, you know, mindset in women? Or do you think that's both men and women kind of have that need that mindset shift? I think it's common because I don't think it, I don't think it's gender related. It's the way our brain works. And I, I spend a little bit of time with my clients. I'm not, believe me, I'm not a neuroscientist or an expert, but I got really interested in understanding if this is the thing that's controlling me, I really wanted to understand how it works. So I have read a lot and studied a lot and maybe in a different life, I would be a neuroscientist because it fascinates me because it really is what is controlling all of this. Right. You know, my heart is beating while I'm talking to you, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not thinking about that. I'm not making it happen. So I, um, I don't think that it's male or female. I think what's different is the way that we are programmed as children to, um, to engage and men are just less likely, you know, and I'm making a huge general generalization, but men are just less likely to seek out support when they get stuck. You know, the, Mm -hmm. you know, the classic story of like, they won't look at a map. They'll just keep driving and driving and driving until they, you know, eventually get there. I think that that's a really good analogy. Yeah. Um, and I, I have had quite a few male clients and usually they get to me in some weird, for some weird way. Um, usually not when their wife suggests they do it, that never works out. <laughs> um, but they'll come like, um, this is a, can I share this weird story? But, so I live in Malibu and there was a fire here two years ago, as everybody knows. And when I came back, my house was filled with smoke and dust and ash. And I had to have the whole house remediated. Wow. The gentleman that came to give me a, a bid um, looked around the house. We talked, he had to come back and look at something else. And he said, do you, do you have a few minutes? I'd really like to talk to you. And I said, sure. What's up? And he said, there's something about you. He said, I've been in 25 houses in the last three days. And there's something about the energy in you, in your house that is different. He said, everybody is so depressed. And I mean, he wasn't saying that they shouldn't be depressed. I mean, some of these people have had major damage in their house. He said, but you just seem to be able to like cope with it on a level that no one else. And he said, I don't know what that is, and it, but as long as it's not drugs, I, I'm curious. So that's how I got a client. That's amazing. You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. he never would have sought out a coach ever, 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 ever. No, not at all. That's, and you know, clearly he was seeking something and it was seeking him. Um, you were put in his path for a purpose. Um, that's incredible. Um, I, I love all of this and Lisa just joined us. Yay. Um, when my question is when you're working with clients and everything and they, how, how excited do you get when they have that aha moment, that light bulb moment? Because as a former teacher, when I would see like, they finally learned to multiply, it was like (laughs) celebration possible. But when you see that, how do you not like, Yee! It's super yeah. uber excited and just like I'm amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like a dopamine hit you get, yeah. you know, when somebody is succeeding. And 
I don't want people to hear that and think that everybody has the big, huge aha moment. And if they, if they haven't, then they're missing something because not everybody does right. have a big aha moment. Sometimes it's in retrospect, you know, it's in looking back and realizing, you know, I, I, I am in a place that I would not have been had I not made this choice and this decision. And I mean, that's why I do it. I was there, you know, I was there and I did hit a crossroads in my life where I could have chosen something else. And, you know, honestly, this seemed like the practical thing for me to choose because it allowed me a lot of flexibility and freedom. And so the great surprise was I'm actually pretty good at it. And it feels just, I love, I don't know if you guys can see like the back, my backdrop, but I love design and I love decorating and I, I'm very um, energized by placing things and finding beautiful things that feeds my soul. Um, but this does too, just in a different, wow, different way. That's great. That's really great. So um, let's talk about, you have a new fabulous idea which I can't wait to be a part of, called the productivity space. Give us a little uh, a teaser about this. Okay. I know it's not set yet, so I don't want, but right. maybe by the time it airs, it will be set and ready to go. But I wanted to tease it a little bit because when you first mentioned it on our previous call, I got jazzed about it because this is definitely something that I need. So give us, tell us about the produ- productivity okay. space. So another thing about being a coach, I remember they said this to us in coach training, you don't have to be an expert at something. You just have to have, be a couple steps ahead of your client in working through it and figuring it out. And you can be a guide or a bridge for them. And I was like, nah, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> but here I am creating this thing called the productivity space. I'm not an expert on productivity and I certainly go down my rabbit hole big time. I'm a Gemini. So there's one side of me that's extremely productive. And then the other side of me that's, woo, you know, like way up in the ether somewhere. So I, it's a challenge for me. And so, you know how sometimes people say you, you create a business that you would need yourself. Yes. So in this time of COVID, a lot of people are struggling to get things done, thinking they should get it done. I had so many people, I have had so many people say, I should use this time to start a business. I've heard that too. Yes. Yeah. Or I need to organize my computer or I've said it myself, right? Uh, <laughs> Any minute now that closet of mine's going to get cleaned out. It's only been <laughs> seven months. But- <laughs> right. Exactly. That's on the, it's on the someday list, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I just realized that I had a very long Sunday list. And also another kind of uh, list that I have is what I call the albatross list. Okay. I've been calling it that with my clients forever. I had one client who he had some, uh, he had some business partners, but he was the main face of the business and he hadn't done their business taxes for two years. They were coming into the second year and he still hadn't done it for a year. And his business partners didn't even know, like they hadn't even realized it. And so this big, and it was a big project because of the way he got the investment and how they had spent the money. And he just knew it was, it was the first year and a half of his business. He just dreaded that project big time. And so I started calling it the Albatross project. 
And that turned into an albatross list. And it's that kind of project that we just, we've been carrying it around for a while. It's heavy, but if we would feel so much better if we just got it done and it gets heavier, the longer you carry, right? Yes. Yes. It just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. So I realized I had a couple of things on my albatross list. I had a couple of things on my back burner list. I had a couple of things on the someday list. And I had quite a few things on my passion project list, things that I want to do, like social media. Right. You know, I, I want to take the time and do a month. I know you do this, a monthly plan for my social media and write it in advance. And every time I, I start, I never finish. Yeah. So, I actually had to, a side note, I had to re- reduce that to two weeks You did because the world is changing so yeah, quickly right now. There are some things that are evergreen, but there are some spaces in that monthly calendar that I might have to pop in for something yeah. like that. So I, I don't know that's if I'm doing good. a whole month right now. Yeah, that's a good, good <laughs> But I do plan it. Yeah, it is planned. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it couldn't hurt to create things that are evergreen. Yeah. And you use them or you don't use them. But when you're not in a routine and a habit, then it feels so overwhelming to start. I just, you know, you just feel like, how am I going to get enough time to start and finish this project? So that's, you know, my perspective. And I just noticed with my clients, the same thing. They had very long someday lists. So. I had this idea to create a space. Again, everybody's online now. We're all on Zoom. We're getting used to connecting. And I just, I noticed that when people get together on Zoom with a focused intention, there's an energy that comes through the computer and it it just, it feels very energizing. It feels very um, supportive. You know, I feel that in the mastermind group that you lead, Mm -hmm. like, the energy is just so delicious. It's the word that comes to my yeah, mind. Yeah, delicious is a great, I call it divine. Like, yeah. oh, I want to show up. Like you want to be there. You want to be a part of it. Yeah, exactly. And so why not create a space where we can gather and commit and prepare to commit to being productive? So I'm going to offer, do a video on some tips I have that I've used myself and that I've worked with my clients on um, that uh, you can use to pick your project that you're going to work on and prepare, how to prepare your space, how to prepare your mindset, how to prepare the tasks that you're going to use. And then we'll meet for five days in a row for two hours and uh, we'll get the work done. Yeah. And we'll have a chat so that people can get support, ask questions. I did a little beta test and, um, Hey, Leela. Um, (laughs) I did a beta test and, um, one of the women was working on a, um, a page on her website. And after she just threw them up on the zoom and asked for people a raise of hands, do you like a, or do you like B? And I love that, that we were able to, um, also support each other. Yeah. So, get immediate feedback and not be like, well, I, I sent this out. I'll wait until they have a minute to look at it or something. Exactly. So there's like, like that little bit of a mastermind component to it as well. So it's a work session. It's an accountability tool. It's a little bit of a mastermind. It's all the things that I feel I need. I see my clients needing and 
Um, so that's why I'm excited about it. I love it. And it's, it's so it's a week long, two hours every day, five days straight. Five days. Um, straight. I, I have, I think I told you, like for me, I have got to go through my Dropbox and my Google Drive. Yeah. It is a hot mess. And every time I go in there thinking, okay, where did I put that photo? And everything's called image dot right. <laughs> So I'm not saving yeah. it properly, but yeah. it seems so overwhelming to even begin. But I know if I had to be there for somebody else, I would do it. Exactly. So you create that. But I do, I'm looking forward to hearing your advice on productivity um, because I'm like, an Aquarius. So I'm working on the next thing before I've finished the current thing. Right. I've already moved on. I'm, you know, like we're on the way to the party and I'm like, when's the next party? And we haven't even gotten to the party yet. Exactly. Exactly. And that, you know, there's something to be said for that. Absolutely. But, you know, as you know, as an entrepreneur, there's so much coming at you and you have, of course, you can't forget about your personal life. Yeah. You know, and so it is hard for us to make time to do some of these things that would in the long run, even in the short run, make our life easier, you yeah. know, and, and I, I fall prey to it as well. So this I'm excited because I'm going to offer a morning um, two hour session and an evening two hour session because some people, um, you know, are, you know, different times of day would be more convenient or they're just more, uh, they need the support at a different time of day. Right. So I will have the advantage of also having twice a day, um, to get things done. And I'm already, I'm already lining up my projects. I so. think that's great. We're getting a few questions in the chat about how do we sign up for this? Should we, uh, go ahead and DM you or should we send them to your website? What's the best way to learn more about this? Uh, both. So you DM me and I'd be happy to share what I have. I haven't set a date yet. Um, it's either going to be at the end of October or middle of November. I'm trying to avoid the election two week period. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's only one day, but I think there's the two weeks would probably be best. So either right before or right after that. Um, but on my, if you go to my website under workshops and speaking or something, there's a little blurb about it that you can look at and you can email me um, with a link right there directly. And then I'll just put you on the list. It's going to be small to start the group because I want to be able to give some personal attention to everybody. Um, but um, yeah, I, I hope that I hope that it, it helps people in the way that my gut is telling me it will, because it feels like this is a time when we can get some of those projects you know, exactly. off of our to-do list and off of our backs. Yeah. It's a lot, we have a lot going on and to get some of these things done is going to feel really, really good. I actually might just prop my laptop up in my closet and just clean out all the pants that I've been saying I've going to do and just show you guys who wants these pants. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this, Gail. This is so exciting. Um, before we wrap up here, I, we have to get carried away. One of the things you told me is that you've been to, you, you're, you travel like crazy. So has it first been difficult to be stuck, shelter in place during these times when you have the travel bug, just like me? For me, um, you know, again, I think it's my mindset. I try to stay focused on the present. I really do. And I've got, I notice in times like this that I've gotten pretty good at that. So I catch myself when I start going into the past and 
you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, a joy in the past, right? And there's a joy in reliving some of those moments, but then you like, you cross the line and it can make you really sad. Yes. Right. And so I don't spend a lot of time there. I try not to get past that line. So I've been thinking about traveling. I've been thinking about where would I love to go? But I have to say, um, I'm just, I'm happy right here, right now. I love it. Where I am. I love it. Of all the, and you mentioned that you've been to Hong Kong and Japan over 20 times. Yeah. What, yeah. what keeps bringing you back? I mean, Japan is what, a little bit bigger than California? It's yeah. California, like Nevada. So you've had to clearly seen all of it. I haven't. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, what keeps bringing you back to those places specifically? In the early days of my career, actually, when I was in college, I heard about this organization called the Associated Merchandising Corporation. I do not think it exists any longer, but it was a consulting uh, company that was started in the late 1800s by Lincoln Filene, who was the founder of Filene's. And he brought the founder of all of the department stores at that time in the late 1800s, he brought them together to share information, okay. sort of like what your community bra does now. Mm-hmm. And of course it was all men at the time. Um, and so he created this uh, like merchandising arm that was based, they had an office in New York city and they would advise all of the retailers what was what was happening? What the trends? What the trends were? I don't know if they called it trends, but what was selling? What was available? Whatever. And so I heard about this organization, and I just wanted in because I loved the idea that I would consult for. I think we had about twenty-seven different department stores at wow. the time. Now there probably aren't twenty-seven department stores in the world. I don't know. There's so so few of the ones that I worked with are even exist now, but I also had heard that um, with this job, you would get to do a lot of traveling because you would travel overseas to represent all of the stores in making um, private label products. So that was my first job. So for the first five years of my career, I had never left the country before. At the age of 25, I had never left the country. I'd only been on a plane maybe three times. And my very first time out of the country, I went to um, Japan, Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Singapore, Indonesia, uh, Singapore, um, Sri Lanka, and India. Wow. So I think seven or eight countries and probably nine cities. And that was it. I just... I was so lucky to get that job. Everybody, every, you know, fashion person that didn't want into one of the big fashion houses like Calvin Klein or Ralph Lauren at the time, they wanted a job like that. They wanted that job. Yeah. That was your job, Gail. It was a great job. And then after that, I stayed in the fashion industry for many years and continued to travel. Um, And then I moved into my own business and I opened a retail store um, for interior decor and gourmet foods and tea. And I got to travel for that as well. That's incredible. That's incredible. Wow. So that's how you got carried away about traveling. I love yeah. that. Um, speaking of the, uh, speaking, this is always my favorite question about things that people get carried away about, but you can't really wrap your head around what gets them so excited. Like for me, it's like matcha tea. I can't, I've tried matcha many, many times. I don't know what it is. I cannot 
it smells like dirt to me, and like lawn clippings. I can't, I wish I liked matcha tea. I hear how wonderful it is. What's something that you just can't wrap your head around that people get nuts about? First of all, it breaks my heart. <laughs> I have been drinking matcha tea every morning for 10 years, every morning. Since I had my tea business and I went to Japan and I went to the um, tea fields and saw them growing the matcha, I have had matcha every morning. So I have to make it for you. And you will. maybe, I mean, maybe. who knows? Maybe I can convince you. You might but be able to convert me. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I think there's one or two people on this call already that um, I've already converted. So okay. we'll see. I'll take it. I'll try. I'll try. And if I don't, I don't. I get it. But um, I don't know. I, um, I was thinking about that. And one of the things that I just don't get, and I know I'm going to offend somebody really a lot, but I just don't get reality TV. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some that is not so bad, but um, I just don't get like, particularly the housewives yeah. I've tried. I, I just don't understand the, the anger and the, the bickering and the things that they, you know, do to hurt each other it yeah. breaks it breaks my heart you know and then I, I just I can't watch it yeah I just can't watch it I, I in fact on many um podcasts I've done that's actually a common answer is reality it's particularly the housewives but reality yeah. tv that people can't yeah. get yeah. get behind yeah. reality tv um and some people have exceptions <laughs> like I can watch like a competition like someone yeah. you know like a like an amazing race or something like they're competing right. Right. But the bickering, particularly among these women that are very affluent, that are put given this stage and all they do is make themselves look not great. <laughs> yeah. And just fight and create drama. Yes. Like, I, I, I work so hard my, most of my life to eliminate the drama. Yeah. That's to think that people get paid to create it. I just, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I hear, I hear, and it's just toxic behavior, really. It's just a poor example of how women should be behaving. It's yeah. very non-broad, that's for sure. Good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's um, now we are about to get kicked off of Instagram because our time is up, but we're going to continue in the Facebook group. Um, okay. So we're going to say goodbye to Instagram. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Instagram. This has been great. You can find Gail at Gail Burrell. You can see her handle there or gailburrell.com, right? Yes. So look for her there and we'll continue over in the Facebook group. Thanks for showing up everyone. Yeah. Thank you everyone for coming in and commenting. Yeah. There's well, see, there's a lot of people who agree with you about the housewives. So you're not alone on that. (laughs) So that's good. That's really good. Yeah. A lot of people are asking how they can learn more about productivity space. So clearly you've got a great idea. Thanks Carrie. Thank you. Well, I will, I will say that, um, being a part of your mastermind has really helped me um, get through the COVID, just knowing every two weeks we're going to get together and there's an, a group of women that care and support each other. And I think I mentioned it there first, you know, and yes. that's, that's like a really good thing about having a group that you can go to and trust is that you can finally say what's been on your mind. And so I just said it, I just put it out there to the group and I got a lot of thumbs up and that just helped me take the, the subsequent steps to, to start to make it happen. Yeah, I love it. I, I think it's going to be great. Um, 
and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so make sure I'm top of the list. I'll be there. But thank you for saying that about Wisdom Wednesday. I look forward to it as much as I lead it. I very much, yeah. it, it selfishly is like, oh, like a moment when I can reconnect with members, but also like really just be honest about what I'm going through and what we're all experiencing and, you know, um, just be vulnerable and a safe place. Yeah. I was telling um, a client about it last week or two weeks ago, and I was explaining that, and I think this is along the mindset idea, which is why I want to share it, that it's, there was some moment in the last one where I just looked at all the faces and there were about 15 women in this, it's a, uh, in this uh, Wisdom Wednesday mastermind. And I thought each one is brilliant and successful and kind and supportive. And yet they have shown to this group of 14 other women, the challenges. And some of the women have some really difficult challenges that they've been dealing with thanks to COVID or not having nothing to do with COVID. But, um, Every single one of them is an entrepreneur. Every single one of them is successful. And every single one of them has something behind the facade that makes them human. Mm -hmm. And it just, it helps you to know that you're not the only one that, you know, it's, and it's not like there's a few women that's, that just have it all together. Everybody has their challenges and that's what makes us all so, um, you know, unique, I guess. And yeah. we, bring, we bring that to our business in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And it's, um, we all have that albatross list, right? Yeah, We all have it. So it's like, when you mentioned it, I was, you know, we all were kind of like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we all have that. And we all have that thing. We just can't seem to check off our list. And, you know, I always use that metaphor about swallowing frogs and Sometimes right. it gets so overwhelming that I have like five frogs I need to swallow that I'm just like, I, I don't like this metaphor. Right. <laughs> this is not working for me, but um, it does feel good once you get it done though. Man, I wish I could it bottle does. that. It just feels great once you just finally, I'll give you an example. It's, it's so stupid. I got my registration sticker for my car, but in order for me to put the new sticker, the 2021, right. I have to find this special right. screwdriver to take the thing off. I, re- I have put the registration and the sticker in my car because I refuse to look for the screwdriver. Right, right, right. <laughs> Every time I get in my car, I'm like, hey, if I get pulled over, this was June. If I get pulled over, I'm going to be able to say, well, here it is. And what is he going to say? He or she who pulls me over. You need to put this you on You need there. to put it on there. I need to find yeah. a screwdriver. Maybe I'll yeah. do that when we get off this yeah. call. Yeah, yeah, just do it. I mean, Nike, three words, just do it. It's easier said than done, much easier said than done. Mm. But, you know, what I would say to to you or anybody that goes through this, because this is what I say to myself, is don't beat yourself up about it. You got a thousand other things done. It just hasn't been a priority. Why hasn't it been a priority? What are the consequences of me not doing this? You know, that's something we often don't think about. Like you said, they'll pull you over. You could get a ticket. Is it going to be worth it? Is it going to be worth it to you to spend $115 for not having put it on, you know, but these are like the games that we have to play with ourselves. You know, our brain is our brain. And so when I hear people beating themselves up for these things, it it makes me sad 
because it's just, it's just some planted somewhere in your subconscious that this is going to be a hassle and you don't want to do it. Yeah. And you just have to trick your, trick your brain into wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there's things we just don't want to do, you mm-hmm. know? So true. So true. Well, thank you so much. Um, this has been so great. Well, that was fun. I love featuring female entrepreneurs. It's one of my favorite topics. I am your host, Carrie Murray, and thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Getting Carried Away. To learn more about these entrepreneurs featured or about the Bra Network, head over to bra-network.com.